Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Happy Friday! Elon Musk backing out of Twitter. What? Woke up this morning, driving in. You know, the, the notifications come up. Elon Musk uh, putting Twitter buy on hold, putting Twitter buy on hold. People are like, oh, my God. People on the left are super excited. Oh, my God, this is going to be great. Settle down. This announcement causing Twitter stock to fall by 19% in these pre-market hours. Musk was in the process of buying Twitter for $44 billion. Tweeted just days ago that one of his top priorities would be to remove spam bots from the platform. Twitter claiming in a filing earlier this week that several risks remain before the deal with Musk can be finalized yeah and they say that there's only five percent of twitter is spam bops less than five percent i don't know if i buy the whole thing on that right like i'm not quite sure but then he reiterated a little while ago i'm still gonna buy twitter plus he's a business guy the market's getting thumped He's looking around going, am I overpaying for this crap? <laughs> I think he's backing out of it. It's just being a guy that, you know, understands. He's got 92 million followers. 92 million. He says, I'm still committed to the acquisition. I, I don't think, I think it's, I think it'll happen. I will. That marketplace right now is getting beat down. You probably don't understand because, you know, you're not looking at your 401k. But over the last week or so, if you've seen, like, the crypto market is dead. It is. Like, Bitcoin, crypto will be fine. Eventually, one or two will rise to a certain level, and they'll be fine. But it is that marketplace across the board. If you go look at what the Dow and the S&P have been doing and people say, I don't participate in that. Why do we look at stuff like that? Well, if you have a 401k, you participate in it. It's just life, right? You just don't know about it. Tuck your money away inside of your 401ks. Just let them be. If you're retiring tomorrow, you should go, okay, what do we need to do to stop the bleeding? But until then, relax. But I think he's going to buy it. I do. I do. Me a little gamesmanship. Would you think that he would do gamesmanship? Absolutely. That guy's all about gamesmanship. 100%. Now, on the other side of things, you've got the President of the United States and his press secretary. I, what, is, what is she? Is she done? Was yesterday her final day? I'm not quite sure. Because every day I think it's her final day and she's still there. The good news is, though, that this administration has their pulse on what Americans want. They do. Do you guys know that? You know, I live in a suburban community outside of Washington, D.C., as many people do. When I have conversations with people on the street, it's not about um, where the reconciliation bill is. You know, even in Northern Virginia, it is about are we wearing masks or are we not wearing masks? Mm. When are kids' vaccines going to be available? Mm-hmm. Uh, are we, are, is, is, our, is our health really at risk? Are they going to over, what's going to happen with the court? Is, is, is that really, is like, the, that's the thing that people are coming, are we, should we wear a mask or are we not wearing a mask? Well, I don't know. Do you want to wear a mask? Wear a damn mask. When, when, when can my, even though nobody's getting it, but the very few people out there who are running around going, I can't wait till my, my three week old can get a shot. 
Oh, that. I mean, Chad, come on. No, kids weren't getting shots. They also weren't dying. That's what people are asking you about. They're not going, hey, let me ask you a question. I got a 4% raise last year. Great. Yeah, but uh, inflation's kicking my ass. Because really, when when you look at everything, I took a 6% pay cut. But I'd like to know, when can I wear a mask again? <laughs> when can that happen? My goodness me. So what do you do, right? Prices to the roof. Things are struggling. You look around. you got to blame somebody. The American people are blaming the people in power. People in power are blaming others. Because, well, yeah. Price gouging needs to be stopped. This is a major exploitation of the consumer because this is a, a, a product that the consumer must have. Again, the, the Putin tax hike at the pump is a part of this. And price gouging needs to be stopped. So price gouging, Putin, some more price gouging. First, he was giving us a tax cut, but we found out, no, he's price gouging us, as are the greedy people. This is what I love. Like, of all the things, right, she talks about greed, and we could go over numerous things about her and and her family and the money and all of the things right all of the things that she's traded on remember when they tried to uh stop down they said hey look uh maybe we should make sure that none of us here can trade stocks because it looks kind of weird that you go and buy X amount of shares, and then three days later, we approve something, and those shares go through the roof. It just looks weird, but it's the greedy others. Somebody t- tweeted at me yesterday. Uh, this is great. This is. I don't know what race has to do with anything here, but tell me, at Chad Benson, where does all the money go? To at POTUS? No. To Pelosi? No. To wealthy white a-holes consumed by greed and their delusional supremacy? Yes! Oh, my goodness me. Don't worry, though. They've got the uh, finger on the pulse of stuff, right? It's got the, the finger. They're not worried about anything else. Hey, Jen Fasaki, I can't put gas in my car, uh, you know, this week because, well, you know, everything's 20,000 times more expensive than it was. And go look at the things that economists look at. So when the media comes out and they talk about inflation only went up uh, not as much as people thought, go look at the consumer price index, and then you realize that no, 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 no. It went up more than the experts who are economists who are looking at comparatively to what the media gets excited about. Oh, what? Yeah. And then, of course, you've got the greedy, evil gas companies continue to take their, their profits and run with it. As gas prices break more records across the country, customers doing anything they can to save at the pump. I drive my motorcycle more than I used to. It's like $10 to fill the whole thing. Nationwide, gasoline is averaging about $4.42 a gallon. California with the highest at $5.85 a gallon. Yeah. $5.85 a gallon. 
We're paying here in Arizona for depending, you know, for four sixty to four seventy. But today I got off the freeway, and when I get off the freeway here, this gas station—it's a little bit more expensive. Chevrons tend to be. It's five thirty for regular gas. It's not all greed. It's not all evil. It's not, look, is there some of it? Yeah. Why? If a corporation's making a ton of money, you're like, well, that's just not fair. You don't care that the pharmaceutical companies are making a ton of money. You don't seem to bitch, whine, and complain about that. You don't seem to be running around like a, like a, like a, you know, like a, with your hair on fire and a chicken with his head cut off, screaming and yelling. Pharmaceutical companies, Three years ago, were evil, right? They were the bane of everybody's existence. They're greedy and they're mean. Then COVID came along, and of course, the mask, and it's a great way to show everybody we hate Trump. And so what happens? Well, now they're good, and the energy companies are evil. It's, it's silly. It's ridiculous. But welcome to politics in the modern era. They're not serious about stuff. They never have been. It's about ingratiating themselves to each other, to the powers and the lobbyists getting reelected and continuing to hold on to their fiefdoms while they line their pockets. That's it. Period. Not many politicians, for all the disdain that people have for Trump, not many politicians go into politics a billionaire and leave worth a million. I mean, becoming a millionaire. What? What do you mean? Well, I mean, he was worth what? One and a half, two billion dollars? Is he worth that now? He lost a ton of money. He did. The Trump name is not what it once was. No, it's the opposite. They come in very average and they leave very wealthy. But they've got the pulse of what the people in America are thinking about. Such crap. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson. Cheryl is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Rough Greens, created by a naturopath, Dr. Dennis Black. Guy is a distinguished service medal winner, Vietnam-era helicopter pilot, stage four cancer survivor, and somebody who wants to see your dogs healthy and happy he grew up loving animals he's done so much in his life 20 years you know naturopathic doctor and dr black wants to make sure that your dogs are taken care of how does he do that well he created the absolute most incredible thing that he's done which is rough greens canine vita smart from rough greens vitamins minerals probiotics omega 369 all these incredible things and what has it done well for my older dog it has helped him with his joint pain Helped him with his 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 hip pain. It's given him more energy, better digestive tract. It's awesome. It is absolutely incredible. Now, Rough Greens wants to do something amazing. He believes in this so much. Dr. Dennis Black does. He wants to make sure that you can try it for free. Two-week jumpstart. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. How do you get it? Ruffgreens.com slash chat. Ruffgreens.com slash chat. You go there. Two-week jumpstart. You cover the cost of shipping. The bag is yours. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Chad Benson Show. Deep states? Uh, no. Deep doo-doo? Yeah. The Chad Benson Show. 
This is an uncomfortable conversation we have to have. At what point does a baby in the womb have rights? Listen, it it doesn't matter what you think, when you think it is. If I don't think that that's when it is, is but but, 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 listen, I don't have have to tell you. It's none of your business. It's your decision, what you do with your body and how your family works. And for me, I don't care what your religious beliefs are. But it's not even religion. But it is. This is all based in religion. Okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. You know, what's funny is all the people that were you better mandate getting the vaccine. I mean, how many of those people are out there that screamed and yelled, mandate the vaccine? You have to mandate the vaccine. Absolutely. Mandate the vaccine. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. And when you say my body, my choice, they're like, no, sorry. I just, it's, you know, even the other day, they tried to pass the bill, right? To codify it. Did anybody read the bill? Did anybody at all read the bill? They didn't just want to codify it. They were never interested in passing the bill. There was no real conversation about, hey, you know what? Uh, 12 weeks. We've come to a compromise. We think we get this passed. We've talked to, to some people. We, we, we definitely think we have a shot at getting this done. I don't know if it would have happened. But they wanted to eliminate how many state laws. So many. On top of that, they wanted to expand across the board. They were never interested. It's like... The reality of, of, and I continue to go back, these show votes, and that's all they are. Remember when the Republicans, every week they would vote on uh, eliminating Obamacare, knowing full well that he was never going to sign anything. It was never going to happen. But it was just to always get people on the record. Because they're not serious about these things. And the people that are out there screaming, yelling, why don't you do something? We're fighting for you. They're not fighting for you. They're not. They're never interested in anything real. Trump wanted his wall, right? Remember that? Trump wanted the wall, wanted the wall, wanted the wall. Nancy Pelosi and Shumi roll on in there. I want the wall. He goes, I'll double your DACA recipients. Double them. Double them. I'm offering you more for my my measly wall. They said no. What? Yeah, they didn't want it. Why? Because they weren't they weren't interested in actually anything because the fight is too good. The money is too good. The division is too good. It is the golden goose to them. You're not interested in getting something done. You're not. And that is ever apparent. So when you say, why didn't they codify it? They tried. Go look at all the stuff. It's always when they, and it's so frustrating. And this is so what politics is about anymore. How much crap they have to put in bills. And then they find that one thing. One 
thing, and then what do they do? They, they wrap it up in a bow and say, well, if you don't vote for this, you hate panda bears. And then that's, the, you know, it's like, yeah, but you want to give, you know, uh, whatever to whoever, and, and it doesn't, no, that's what they do. Nobody's interested in actual conversation, solutions. Nobody there is that can get stuff done. There are people, I believe, genuinely, that you don't hear of, that are politicians who go to work every day, that are really fly under the radar, wouldn't recognize them. Most people wouldn't even know. They got 2,200 Twitter followers. And those men and women, they don't have the political power, the name recognition to push the things through that would actually get something done. No. No. They don't. So when you tell me, Jen Psaki, you've got your finger on the pulse of what Americans want and you're wandering around your uber upper middle class suburbs talking to the people that are like minded like you, mm, I'm thinking no. My client's going to join us, talk about uh, Ukraine, Finland. What is that about? Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. He is our go-to guy, CNN's go-to guy as well. Mike Lyons, military analyst, uh, retired Army major, guy who's been in, in the theater of, of war. And, and, and I saw you the other day, Mike. You got your own board at CNN. They let you do the touchscreen. Yeah, they sure did. Uh, Trying try to get adjusted to it. But, you know, if, if you could point, you can work that, that screen. They call it the magic wall. So I'm doing uh, trying to do what I can on it, try to get some maps prepositioned so we can talk about how uh, Ukraine is still blowing up a lot of stuff over there. They are blowing up a lot of stuff, but Putin, his goal was to keep the West further away from him, and now it looks like NATO is going to, uh, uh, and Finland are going to be joining together in holy matrimony, at least uh, for now, because you never know what's going to happen in the future. But a, a notoriously you know, neutral country feels like they've been pushed uh, and threatened that it's happened the opposite effect to to countries is they're getting closer to NATO. Yeah, I think Vladimir Putin very much miscalculated, thought NATO was not getting involved with this at all. And I was always one that said we shouldn't have put some of those countries into NATO from the beginning, right? So so, so we can blame this, what's happening in Ukraine right now, obviously 100% on Vladimir Putin, but it's really a result of 30 years of failed foreign policy throughout the world as um, these European countries, frankly, some of them just didn't deserve to be put in NATO. Well, we, we put them in 
and, and it get down to everybody in NATO except Russia. Well, that creates its own security problems. We have to look at what Russia views as that. But now this is different. The world's changed since February 24th. And where I had thought that was the way before, I think the way forward is to put Finland and put Sweden into NATO. And I'll tell you why. First of all, they're both additive, right? They both come to the table uh, with no border disputes. They're already in the EU. Both are stable democracies. Um, both are NATO partners already. They train with NATO forces as is. They, they have been neutral since 95. Um, but they, the other thing is, even though they're countries with small populations, Sweden with about 10 million, Finland with about 5 million, highly capable militaries, defense systems, uh, good. They have NATO defense platforms already inside. Um, and then they already operate inside with NATO equipment. So it makes a lot of sense. It's just going to make them really Article 5 ready. It's, we're not going to move troops there. We're not going to put missiles there or anything like that. It's just really all about defending those countries should they get invaded. Now, now again, Finland's already beat Russia once in a war, in 19 war, 1941, the Winter War. Um, but uh, as you know, three months ago, I would have been against this. But today I'm all for it. Talking to Michael Lyons, a military analyst, uh, as we discuss what's going on in there. So uh, in, in the, cra- the craziness and chaos, we forget the geopolitical stuff that, that's happening sometimes because we focus on the fighting. But this uh, this whole, you know, like Putin, you know, the other day, everybody's like, he does look sick. I'm sorry. Look, that whole Mayday thing. He looked like a different human being from several months ago. And everybody's like, is he trying to fool us? I'm like, if he's trying to fool us, he is fully committed to the part. He has gone thespian actor. He has thrown himself completely into it. This guy is living the part because he doesn't look well. Yeah, he just has not seen any kind of success in Ukraine. He's had to draw troops from Kiev. Reports this morning now they're coming out of Kharkiv, second largest city in, in Ukraine. Um, not able to take it. Ukraine military pushed them outside of artillery range, inoculated the city. And now the Russians have decided that they're tired of losing men there. So they're going to reposition them along um, a different axis of approach. But, the, you know, that's how this also ends as well. And that is that uh, there's an implosion inside of Russia and uh, he gets taken care of. The question is, what's what's behind him? You know, these dictatorships that, that, that don't always mean that we have regime change. You're going to get what you want behind it as well. Um, you know, the, the, we're seeing that the Russia didn't put in any money in their military in the past 30 years. Well, I know they put money in their nuclear weapons, so they have that capability and we have to always, you know, kind of be on watch for it. Speaking of what's behind him, we don't know what's behind him. We don't know who would take over. I mean, obviously, you get to a point where people start jockeying for positions and the people that thought they were in line. Sometimes we find out they're not. And the people that we never really heard of that are, you know, like 12th down is somebody who rises to the top. Should we be worried or hopeful about any of these people? Do we know anything about them? Not really. Um, the oligarchs are all kind of outside the, the realm of influence. They, most of them are not even in Russia right now. Um, for, for Russia to be fixed, it's going to take some internal, maybe, maybe Navalny, you know, the guy that's in jail that's been poisoned. Um, it's going to take a, maybe an opposition leader, you know, like I guess the best analogy would be, um, you know, what, what happened in, um, in South Africa, but, you know, uh, with uh, Mandela or something like that. But but again, hard to pick this out. It's none of those oligarchs. They're all billionaires. And it, this is all kind of one big payoff. So I, I think it's got to come from within. It's got to come from the ashes and someone that's going to want to do real reform. Gorbachev tried to do it. Um, he was elected out. And, and you know, back, back in the day, back in the 90s. Uh, you know, he was basically defeated in, at the at the polls by, you know, Boris Yeltsin, who was fundamentally a Trump figure back then. I mean, it's, he was kind of, you know, Russia first and he was trying to do that, but he was corrupt as the rest of them. 
uh, let's see if they can you know pull something off this time if uh, if if, if uh, Vladimir Putin is actually out. Talk to uh, Michael Lyons, military analyst, uh, as we discuss what's going on. Let's actually get now to Ukraine, Russia. What's happening there? I look over there. And it is it feels like now this is the long slog, right? This is that mm-hmm. that point where they're 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 strategizing, they're bombing. This is that those middle rounds. We're not at the championship rounds yet. And 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 it it just feels like they're on kind of both sides are on pause. They're they're doing some stuff. But it doesn't feel like it's it's exploding like it was at the beginning and, and through parts of the last several weeks. Right. And Russia will continue to take make small advances or winning small battles in certain towns. But I still think Ukraine ends up winning here in the long run. There's a story that came out the other day about this pontoon bridge. A pontoon bridge is a floatable bridge built by engineers quickly to allow troops to pass over in the Donetsk River and to the north there. And this is how, again, dumb the Russians are fighting right now. So they build this pontoon bridge uh, across the river. Takes them a couple hours to do that. Don't fire artillery to the other side. Don't try to mask it, conceal it. The the, the conceal it. The Ukraine satellites and drones are watching this bridge go up. They watch the bridge go up. They watch the Russians bring across a, a battalion or so, a battalion and a half of vehicles, about 50, 60 vehicles. They come across, but and they get to the other side. And again, still don't fire artillery and they don't disperse. They all kind of bunch up. There's this thing about the military, you know, don't bunch up on the objective. They all bunch up there. As soon as the last vehicle comes over, the Ukraine military sees this, drops the pontoon bridges and now has a shooting factory and destroys the battalion once it's on the other side of the river because they were so dumb and didn't disperse. And and these stories keep going on and on about why Russia is losing equipment and why, again, Ukraine is going to continue to use 21st century technology to defeat World War II technology. So speaking of that, $40 billion, uh, what are we getting for our money? What are they getting for our money? Uh, obviously, we're getting the fact that we don't have to fight them, and they're weakening them on uh, the military side. What are they mm-hmm. getting for the $40 billion that is going to – are they getting some new stuff that we haven't even heard about yet? No. I, first of all, we've got to still be careful that they still could lose this, and we don't want you know Patriot missiles, and we don't want things winding up in Russian hands. And, and Russia still has a tremendous numerical superiority in this whole thing, and is to continue to throw bodies at it. Um, but the $40 billion is really more or less a bank account. Uh, $20 billion goes to equipment. There's some for humanitarian aid. There's a bunch of other things that are in there. But it's more or less a bank account. They, they couldn't spend it all. They couldn't shoot it all in, in a year or so. It's a, you know, the, the, the normal Ukraine military budget is about $5 billion. R- Russia's annual b- budget is $61 billion. So the, 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 again, the, this is more or less a signal to Russia that says we're, we're going to take the Ukraine back for many years and years to come. And we're going to continue to support that. So I really think that's what that message is. Um, you know, sure, some of that money is going to get to Lockheed and it's going to get to the industrial military complex. So buy stock now because they're going to be making uh, vehicles and equipment and the like and sending it over there. So I, I think, you know, th- there will be a short term impact to that. But this is really just telling Ukraine we're in here for the long run. And, um, you know, we're not spending 40 billion dollars within the, the calendar year, let's say. Uh, talking to my clients, military analysts. And and yeah, that's I mean, it's a ton of money we're throwing at it. And people are like, I can't believe it. I'm like, I can. Again, first of all, military complexes get rich. We all know that they love right. to make themselves right. some money. Secondly, right. and I think we forget this is uh, this is a country that a we had promised that we're kind of going to protect should something happen. And B, 
again, we don't have to do it. It's over there right now. But the fear always out there because this week there was some, you know, in writing because they've been showing their shows. You saw that, I'm sure, on their, you know, their Channel One where they're, mm-hmm. you know, blowing up parts of Europe with nuclear weapons. And they mm-hmm. said this week, if, if, Look, nobody wants to use nuclear weapons. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge is what they say, right? Like, we would never do that. But if we feel we're threatened, even with conventional weapons, we would strike with nuclear weapons. I mean, they're, they're, the desperation there is insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and, and um, you know, that gets to a level. I'm not sure where it goes from there. If, if they do fire something, a tactical nuke, they could do that, destroy. I think Odessa would be their target, frankly, in that, you know, that's kind of that last piece along the Baltics that they control about 75% of that Ukraine coastline right now, but they can't take Odessa. They don't have enough sailors or Marines in, in the Black Fleet. There's about 25,000 of them. Uh, you're not going to take a million person city with that. They would need, you know, a couple hundred thousand. So they, they've kind of overextended their capability there. But a tactical nuke or, or something in that regard, uh, you know, cruise missiles could really destroy and flatten it. You're, you're seeing unfortunate aspects of the Russian culture. We don't want to necessarily talk about that, but that's what we'll, that's what we're seeing here. We're seeing, uh, you know, this is a non-valuing of life and just destroying civilization is what is what they're up against. Which is why every day this goes on, it's more of a lesson that uh, Europe has got to divorce itself from Russian fuel. And and you know, th- this is over tomorrow. You know, Germany and everybody else, and, and Finland and 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 Hungary, Romania still can't buy Russian oil and gas. Why? Because all it's going to do is fund. A future Russian war machine, as we're seeing right now, similar, literally similar to what the Nazis, you know, it's, it's a classic example of Vladimir Putin projects onto Ukraine about their hunting Nazis. But when, in fact, the people that are acting like Nazis is Russia. Yeah. Uh, let's look out into this year. Mm-hmm. Your best guess of where this thing's at. In a perfect world, there's some kind of treaty that says the land goes back to Ukraine based on where things were prior to the 24th of February. Um, Russia still annexes, keeps Crimea. That might be some hard pill for Ukraine to swallow because they feel that they could probably now take it back. I think the Russian military still, until they mobilize and just put more people there, they're, they're in the risk of losing their army if they don't move it off the field. Um, so, um, but if you, if you project that forward, you know, you've got the classic Middle Eastern, um, kind of solution of trading off land for peace. And we know that that doesn't work in the long run. At some point, uh, the, the person that wants the land still wants to come back and do something about it. Uh, and if that's the case, the sanctions have got to remain on Russia. So, uh, that would stop the bombing. It would stop things, you know, it would stop the cruise missiles from hitting Kiev. It would stop the, the, the the attacks in the, in the East. Uh, and that, that's probably a good thing from a humanitarian perspective, whether that's the long term solution. We just don't know. Uh, i got about a minute left. Uh, China. They're looking at Taiwan and we've heard they're making rumblings and certain things like that. Xi, I think, is under a lot more pressure than people realize. But Taiwan is in a much better military position. They've been planning for this than than what we see that's going on in, in Ukraine. Yeah. Is that giving China second thoughts about man those guys are in a way better position than we are uh yeah. than they were over there and look at what they're doing to that large army yeah I, I think so you know we talked about trying to swallow key would be like eating a porcupine 
well, trying to swallow Taiwan for China would be like eating a rhinoceros porcupine. I mean, it's just not something or hippopotamus porcupine. You know, pick, pick your large prickly animal. There's, you know, coming from the sea, no element of surprise from, again, from a straight military perspective. Military is used to accomplish foreign policy objectives, right? From a straight military perspective, I just don't see how they do it. Um, you know, they don't have the manpower. We'd see it coming from a mile away. And then you'd have to attack three times because their, their defenses are better. It would be. An, and then again, the Chinese want to talk tough about being in the military and want to put a big military up. But until the bullets start flying, you don't know how they're going to act. So, again, um, good luck, China. I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening this decade at this point, given what's happening in, in Ukraine. Always good to have you on, brother. Mike Lyons, military analyst, former retired, uh, former Army major and just retired and enjoying life, going on CNN and traveling all over. Good to have you, brother. Thanks. Thanks, Chad. Thanks for having me. It's a privilege. Thanks. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. Talk about that. A lot of other stuff still coming up. Calibrate, losing weight. Super great with Calibrate. You guys know I do tons of voiceovers. A lot of stuff that you guys will never hear is I do a bunch of, like, medical studies where, you know, you just go into colleges, ask, hey, Chad, could you read this and do these things? And I say, yeah. But doing a bunch of weight loss studies and stuff. And I'll tell you, Calibrate is so much further ahead of the game. Because they're trying to get to, you know, to the to the crux of it. And as they look at stuff, so much of it is about your genes, your metabolism, and what your cells do. And that's what Calibrate does. With their FDA-approved medication, they're going to reset your metabolism. You're going to get one-on-one video coaching, right? You're going to get a video doctor visit. They're going to make sure that everything's going well. On top of that, you're going to get in-app coaching. You're going to have all kinds of stuff that you're going to be able to work with. And they're going to show you how to make lifestyle changes that are real, supportable, and long-term. Average weight loss of Calibrate members, the earliest members, like 20% of their body. 20%. What? Easy to fit in anybody's lifestyle. Absolutely the best thing you'll ever do for your body and your health. Save now $50 on a one-year metabolic reset. Go to joincalibrate.com. Use code CHAD. Joincalibrate.com. Code CHAD. Joincalibrate.com. Code CHAD. Running with scissors sounds great compared to this. Say In The Time Traveler's Wife. Any hobbies? I'm your future wife. Theo James plays the time traveler Rose Leslie, his wife. And with any good time traveler story, there are rules. He has no control over when or where. Or for how long. And although Henry goes back and forth to different moments in his life. For Henry, things happen to him once. And they don't always agree on every rule because time travel is complicated. He can only travel within his lifespan. Pretty much, right? Pretty much, pretty much. No, no. No, uh, okay. it's occasionally sometimes. It's a rule. No, it's not a well, it's not. The Time Traveler's Wife debuts Sunday night on HBO. And not a lot going on uh, this weekend, right? People still staying out of the way of uh, of uh, Doctor Strange. Our next big releases are going to come. You've got Men and Downton Abbey next weekend. Is that really a big one? I don't, I don't know. It's twenty seventh of May. People are going to be getting out of the way on the 27th of May because Top Gun's going to get here, baby. I read a review yesterday. Take it for what it is. Actually, two reviews that said it's the best thing that Tom Cruise has ever done. And if there is, quote, unquote, been sequels, 
that you can look at and say that this may top them all. Now, I liked Top Gun. I didn't love Top Gun. So we shall see how good it is. But there's no doubt that that weekend it is going to lay waste because it's kind of the unofficial official start of summer slash movie season. So that'll be big. But right now, there's just nothing going on. Nothing going on. 323 at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Always good to hear from you kids and kittens, even if you send hilarious tweets like that guy sent earlier to me today talking about white a-holes who make money. Because, because uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what happens, right? Isn't that hilarious? That's the funny thing. What is what does skin color have to do with it? Everything. Always. It's the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. That's me, you are you, all is well. Happy Friday. Love Fridays. I do. I love me some Fridays. So uh, Netflix and chill has a new meaning. I found this uh, yesterday. This is uh, hilarious. (laughs) They sent out a cultural memo. And thank God, and I think more companies are like, okay, we, 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 we've got to do something else. This, this, this cannot be. We cannot allow our employees to dictate our business in such a way that it's harmful for our business. And it makes no sense business-wise, right? Take away the harmful on the cultural side. But it makes no sense business-wise. Well, what do you mean cultural side? So Netflix loves to tout its culture of avoiding rules and minimizing corporate red tape. So what did they do? They sent a, a no rules Netflix and the culture of reinvention. So that was the book that Reed Hastings wrote in 2020, the founder of Netflix. Well, they've got a new culture memo that went out yesterday and guess what it says stop your bitching stop your whining the updated netflix culture memo including the section called artistic expression explaining that the streamer will not censor specific artists or voices even if the employees consider the content harmful and bluntly states if you find it hard to support our content breath Netflix may not be the best place for you. Wait. That is right in your face. Think about that for a second. You got a corporation 
major corporation on the coast, right? From L.A. to San Francisco, Silicon Valley's Netflix. There it is, right? Doing stuff in Hollywood. It's all about the wokeness. We saw what happened with Chappelle last year. That's probably a lot of what this is like. And they finally said, nah. And I was glad they didn't take down Chappelle. They didn't censor him. They do any of the things, even though people threw a fit last year. 90% of the people threw a fit and never even saw the damn thing. Just went by what other people interpreted his comedy to be. They went on to say, entertaining the world is an amazing opportunity and also a challenge because viewers may have different tastes and points of view. So we offer a wide variety of TV shows and movies, some of which can be provocative. So to help members make informed choices about what to watch, we're offering ratings, content, warnings, and easy-to-use parental controls. Not everyone will like this or agree with everything on our service. Well, every title is different. We've approached them based on the same set of principles. We support the artistic expression of the creator we choose to work with. We program for diversity of audience and taste, and we let viewers decide what's appropriate for them versus having Netflix censor specific artists or voices. This isn't a fire shot across the bow at the right. This is specifically at the woke culture. That's what this is. That's what this is. No more. They're they're painting the pictures. This is for everybody. But they're looking, you know. You ever had that? Where, like, like there's four or five kids and they're all in trouble because, and then the the warning's coming because you know who the ringleader is. And if you guys do this again and we're looking at you and they're just, they're talking to the kids, but they're looking at one kid. It's usually me. They're looking right at me. <laughs> Pretty much, that's that's why I do what I do. They're just, there you are. If you do this again, if you guys do this, and they, and they keep using it. If you guys, gals, non-binary, if you do any of this again, they, them, Zizer, Zizor, which I still think is some sort of pharmaceutical thing, and as all of that is going on, they're staring at one person in particular it's the same thing they're saying this is all about everybody because we all have diver- you don't have diversity inside of netflix you don't you have no diversity go look at the way that they give they're 99 percent of the money given by netflix employees went to democrats so to say that this is for everybody, hey, Steve, you over there, that's not insane. That voted for Bush. This is for you, too. And he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Now you can go back to work. We know what it is. So the section concludes, as employees, we support the principle that Netflix offers diversity of stories, even if we find some of the titles Counter to our own personal values. Depending on your role, you may need to work on titles you perceive to be hard. So, yeah, yeah. What? I've got to. If you find it hard to support our content, Netflix may not be the best place for you. Ooh. That's not good. 
But we know exactly what it is. Right? We do. We know exactly who they're talking to. And that's the reality of it. You know, Joe Rogan, and we'll talk about him here a little bit later. You know, remember the big, you know, kerfuffle about him and having Abigail Schreier on and several other people that are talking about trans issues and people are freaking out about that. I don't want to work here. And and then I remember, I think it was last year, Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson, right? You know, intelligentsia, great thinker, uh, professor, really started a lot of this stuff when it comes to the college insanity up in Canada when they talked about pronouns and how this could be a crime if you don't use the right things. And he fought back and pushed back and all of this stuff. Uh, I think his book was being published by like Penguin or Random House, whatever there. And there were people that worked at the office that were crying, said they didn't feel it was a safe place to work. If your boyfriend says he's coming to shoot up the place, might not be a safe place to work that day. If somebody's publishing a book that you don't like, I'm pretty I will lay everything in the world on the fact that that book is not going to shoot you. <laughs> that book is not going to kill you. That book is not going to hunt you down. The writer of that book isn't coming for you. Right? Hemingway's gone. <laughs> Hunter S. Thompson's gone, so the chances of you probably getting shot by somebody is slim to none. But I love that. I love the fact that they got pushback, and I think it's good. I think we need more of it. And this brings us to this. So uh, Study Finds did this study, and I think there's a lot more of this going on than people realize. You've got – it used to be you have – you didn't want your employer to find out certain things. So you had two separate Facebook accounts, Instagram accounts, whatever it was, because one of them is you, young, fun, whatever it was, and the other one was who you really are. One is very sterile. The other is very real. Are you hiding something from your employer? Well, you're not alone. According to a new poll, 64% are fearful of being authentic around others in the workplace. In fact, 7 in 10 say they adopt an entirely different personality when they're at work compared to their normal persona at home. Oh, yeah. Now, there's a difference between being more professional, right, you know, but they're not talking about just the professional side of things. Talking about a lot of things, including politics. 37% hide their political views. 36% also hide personal information about their family. One in three also hide their current relationship status, their mental health issues, and their religious beliefs from others at work. When it comes to feeling comfortable enough to be, they say, authentic in the office, One in five say they need more than six months before they felt they could let their real personality shine through. It is a, uh, I I think now especially with politics, people are very guarded. They're very guarded. People are loud. They let you know where they stand, especially a younger generation in particular. And, uh, it's, you know, I mean, we're, you know, it's like, you know where we stand, right? And I always tell her, like, here, you do, I'm doing my show. You know exactly where I stand. But there's a lot of people that 
I work with who eh, I'll tell you where they stand. They're quiet about certain things. That to me, they'll tell me something. Or to me, they'll have a little discussion. And some of them are on the right and some of them are on the left. But they're afraid to have any other conversation because they're worried that people are going to judge them. It's understandable. It is. It is. People aren't themselves anymore in a lot of places. And that's sad. And we are are self-censoring our thoughts because fear not only that we're going to be judged, that we're going to be punished for it, all kind. There are people at your work right now who are like, yeah, pro-life uh, sucks. They're horrible. And they're like, I'm pro-life. But they're terrified to say something. Because if you said that you're pro-choice, they're not running to the boss. But if you say they're pro-life, you're pro-life, there's a chance people are going to go, I feel uncomfortable with so-and-so around. I didn't know they felt that way. <laughs> Nuts. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. Love to hear from all of you. A lot of stuff to get to, including some of that Rogan stuff. He's trending today because of the word grooming. And I'm not talking about your beard or your hair. Eden Pure takes the stink away. Oxyleaf 2 Thunderstorm. Best air purifier around. Small, compact. You get them, you stick them in the wall. How many of you have a house? You're like, I wish our house smelled fresher. I wish the laundry room didn't stink. We got litter boxes. We got kids. We, uh, you know, we used to smoke. Whatever it is, and you're like, I just wish things were fresher. That's where Eden Pure comes in. The Oxleaf Two Thunderstorm is incredible. You plug it in. There's no filters to buy ever. You just let it go. It's quiet, out of the way, and it gets rid of the odors. It does. It works so amazing. Right now. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. You need a three-pack. One, two, three. And you're going to save $200. One, two, $100. All you have to do is use the code CHAD3. EdenPureDeals.com. EdenPureDeals.com. Use code CHAD3. The number three. EdenPureDeals.com. Code CHAD3. Saves you $200. Shipping is free. Chad Benson Show. No need to socially distance while listening to your Chad Benson Show podcast. Four out of five experts say so. I'm a scientist. There is no corona. But hurry before they change their mind. You know they will. Chad's podcast found on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite COVID-free podcasts. Oh, my gosh. (gasps) I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. This is the Chad Benson Show. Five, four, three, two. Now it's time to find out what's trending. What's trending? Yeah, what does that mean? I mean something, right? Like it's trending on the old internet. What's trending? Let's find out what's trending. Friday the 13th is trending, by the way. Got a good story about Friday the 13th, the movie series coming up and why we haven't seen Jason for a while. It's one thing that could stop Jason, kids, and I'll tell you what that is. Coming up a little bit later. Yesterday, Google, number one search thing, uh, Naomi Judd. We know what killed her. 
self-inflicted gunshot wound. Daughter's very honest about what took place, that they were there earlier in the day and they had spoken to their mom. Uh, uh, Ashley Judd had talked about that. And uh, apparently, you know, she'd gone down that hole and there was just no getting her out. And when she had an opportunity, when she was alone, she made the decision. Kendrick Lamar drops a new album. That's what the kids say. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Ooh. Ooh. NFL schedule came out. We'll talk about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Some interesting games. My goodness me. My Chemical Romance returns with a new six-minute song. I love My Chem. I do. They're interesting. Bunch of interesting cats. Head over to Google. I mean, to Twitter and, well, Ukrainian War. They wiped out an entire battalion, sinking bridges. And if you hadn't heard, the uh, podcast uh, has uh, Mike Lyons on it. So I earlier talking about it. It's just the way they did it was amazing. Uh, it, it's just they were right there. They knew exactly what was going to happen. And those Russian soldiers had no idea what was coming. U.N. Council investigating alleged human rights abuse by Russian troops. Not a shocker. Elon Musk. Will he or won't he buy Twitter? He says he will, but he has put it on hold right now based on how many bots that Twitter says they have. They say it's less than 5%. So that's a very interesting... I don't know how many bots there are. I'm assuming it's a lot. That's what I'm assuming. There's a lot of bots out there. There's a ton of bots. Why? Well, Because it was easy to do. Not all the bots are bad. Sometimes people use bots for different things. Sometimes people use bots to drive sales and to. But this is uh, it's very interesting when you uh, when you think about it. Woke up, tweets out. It's on pause for right now, and then later on, a couple hours later, said, "No, look, I'm still very interested in buying, and the acquisition still. I'm uh, pretty sure he's going to go forward with it, but." There's some things. Plus, it's taking a beating. It is taking a beating. And Joe Rogan is trending. Why? Well, we're going to tell you why. Monsieur Rogan is trending. What has he said that has upset people now? We're going to find out. We will. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter. Tweet, text, Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Joe Rogan is uh, trending, talking about uh, grooming. We'll, we'll touch on that in a second, but it's very interesting. There's a new book out. Uh, we're going to effort to get the uh, people on next week 
or so. Book's called That's Not Funny, How the Right Makes Comedy Work for Them. And it talks about the fact that the domination of the left in the media world, in particular the comedy world, is not what it once was. We forget, it's so funny, that 50% of the audience, if you will, lives on the right side of an aisle. But almost 100% of people who make stuff live on the left side of the aisle. And 70% of the audience isn't insane, so they'll laugh at both sides. So why woke culture has, you know, there, and really, the, the woke culture is for 10% of people, if that. And it talks about, you know, in the book, just some of the hilarity of the fact that the left doesn't understand what's happening. They're, they're confused. Why would anybody like a Joe Rogan, right? Why would anybody want to, to go see somebody who's going to make fun of somebody else? Because it's comedy. It's in jest. People lose their mind over stuff. So Joe Rogan is trending because, well, you know, he does. He says stuff that is interesting, right? Some of it, is it provocative? Of course it is. Look, if you guys, I'll tell you this right now. If if my uncle and I, we do a podcast almost daily. We never play it for anybody because it's a lot rawer. Uh, we live in a world now where people freak out over stuff. And we always joke, it would be like, hold our beer moments <laughs> that you couldn't believe. And uh, some of it is just seeing if we could cross each other's line. Like, where's the line? The other night driving home, I said to him, I said, dude, we, I would cancel us right now. I'm, uh, I feel bad about us. <laughs> People probably go, where did I get that podcast? We don't play it anywhere. Phil's like, you got to send me one. I'm like, I'm thinking about it. But I just know something's going to eke out. One day Phil's not going to be there, producer Phil. Some some woke kid's going to be an intern. He's going to be searching through stuff and goes, what's this? And next thing you know, Chad did what? <laughs> Said what? Is it about race? No, it's just about life and stupidity. So he is trending because, well, grooming? What's this? Yeah, Indoctrination? What's this? He's got, uh, he says stuff that's, that a lot of people think. And he's at the point in his life where he's got F you money. So saying things that a lot of people think and not having to worry about somebody coming and saying that we have to fire you because Spotify has shown over and over again, dude, you do you. How do you feel about education? I think it's critical. It's very important. Yeah. How do you feel about indoctrination by people that are educators? I don't like that at all. There's just two diff very different things. Right. And if you want to tell me that they're the same thing, I say, f*** you, because they're not. Because there's a lot of f***ing crazy people that wind up being teachers. The term groomer, a lot of people don't like that term online. They're very upset. Yeah, yeah. But they're real. Right. There are groomers. Yeah. Well, here's what's more important. Not have people groom your f***ing kids that's what's more important than you getting uncomfortable with this word because it's used by people on the right yeah well they're not grooming no they they're indoctrinating and some of them yeah you could look and say are they grooming but indoctrination oh you bet you can't he asked that's going on 
There's no doubt about it from top to bottom. And go look at Woodrow Wilson. Look at why what his thought was on education was to essentially do what? To, to separate the, the child and the parent as far as thinking went. To, to, to go and to mold what they thought government would want. Continue, Mr. Rogan. Like I saw someone as an argument, someone who I think is an intelligent person, say that there should be a block against using the word groomer. Unbelievable. No. No, there should be no groomers. How about that? And this is what they wrote. They said, not all teachers are groomers, but a lot of groomers are teachers. There you go. And that's real. In all walks of life, trans people, gay people, straight people, bisexual, whatever the f*** you are. There's good people in all walks of life. There's also pieces of s*** that will use those labels in order to get closer to groups of people and indoctrinate them. Yeah. 100. Yeah, that's exactly. Right? It's like coaches, right? Sports. Coaches who, who you know, uh, people who volunteer for, you know, to coach teams, but you don't have a kid. It's kind of weird, right? Your nephew's not on the team or it's, it's you know, it's, it's and probably 95, 99% of the time, it's fine. Dude's there hitting on, uh, you know, single moms or whatever it is. Just giving, he's just a good person. But, what's like with the Catholic Church, the Boy Scouts, are we all shocked by some of these things? And it can't happen as teaching? That's a funny thing. What do you mean it can't happen? Of course it can happen. 100%. If you think it can't happen, yet you look at the Catholic Church. You think it can't happen, yet you look at the Boy Scouts. You think it can't happen, look at sports, look at gymnastics, look at all of the things that have gone on. Oh, it can happen. But we think, well, we can't. We can't even talk about that. And we're not even talking about the indoctrination side of things. You should be really good to be able to talk, really good at what you do. If you want to talk to a seven-year-old about gender identity and sex. and we, I've seen some of these people with lip rings and yeah, f***ing yeah. blue hair. They clearly are ideologically bound. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the way they live their life. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them pursuing whatever sexual identity they have and living their life. But I'm saying you should not be the person that talks to children about this, especially if you're a f***ing history teacher. (laughs) Exactly. You know, it's like when we talk about critical race theories, you know, whatever. If you're going to talk about, if you're going to be a teacher and you're going to present, you present everything. If you're an activist that happens to be teaching, you're producing, you're going to produce the things that you want to produce in the classroom that is going to be more activist-related toward the side that you believe is right. Well, I just don't think that goes on in schools. Let's take a listen, shall we? So the real tip on how to be more inclusive in your classroom is to stop calling them preferred pronouns. That's horrible. My pronouns aren't a preference. I don't prefer that you call me she, her. It's not a preference it's my gender. Please respect it. They are my pronouns. They are not my preferred pronouns. They are my pronouns. So in your classroom, just start calling them pronouns. Stop using the word prefer as if, you know, your gender is a preference. It's not. 
Why do we have to use? You know, the producer Phil, you and I are the same age. Have you ever used a pronoun with any human being ever? Go back to your days in kindergarten. Well, yes, I have. When? When did you use it? All the time. Yeah. But you'd say, she's over there. She did something to me. Right. But you never re- you, you, you never used it as, you never went she, her. No. You never came at it in that way, where it was a pr- the pronoun was the most important thing, or you called Jenny, Jenny, and she would call you Phil, you know, or whatever it was. But it wasn't based on gender identity. It was based on the reality that she was a she and and he was a he. Now I'm going to start with a preface that you should be talking to your students about pronouns. Everyone has a pronoun and you shouldn't be assuming what they are. Just like you shouldn't assume what someone's name is, right? Like if I went up to you and I was like, hey, George. And you're like, no, my name's Kyle. And I said, no, it's George. And you were like, no, it's Kyle. And then I responded by saying, no, I can tell by the way that you look that you're a George. That would be ridiculous. And that's how ridiculous you sound when you assume people's pronouns. Yeah. And then I would go, what's your name? Because I don't do that. I walk up to, I don't walk up to human beings, right? Like I wouldn't go up to a horse and go, well, that's obviously a cat. (laughs) Right? You walk up to a human being, you don't know their name. It's like, hey, what's up? I'm Chad. I introduced myself. And they would say, I'm George. What's up, George? I don't go he, him, her, Zizer, Zizor. I don't do any of that. Hey, what's up, George? I'm going to call you George. Right? You call me Chad. No, but you don't understand, Chad. That's indoctrination. That's the wacky stuff. It gets wackier, kids. Come on now. So when I was 18, I told my family and my friends that I'm really a boy. And it was like this huge weight had been lifted off of my shoulders. And I had the freedom to be who I truly am. And even though this experience is super challenging sometimes, um, I am su- it made me the person I am, and I'm super proud to be transgender. Um, when the doctor makes a correct guess, that's when a person is called cisgender. When a doctor's guess is wrong, that's when they are transgender. So I'm a man, but when I was a baby, the doctors told my parents I was a girl. And so my parents gave me a name that girls typically have and bought me clothes that girls typically wear. Um, and until I was 18 years old, everyone thought I was a girl. Teaching a class right there. It's a teacher teaching a class. We have more. I'm a fourth grade teacher. I do a lot of work with social justice and equity in my classroom. We have racialized conversations all the time we're going to talk about what can we do to change the awful system that's in place that keeps you know some people doing fine and some people not doing so fine they're fourth graders but i speak pretty candidly with them and they're really good at talking about race at this point what i want to do is role play i want to role play situations that happen on the playground in their living room whatever where racism comes up and i want to role play them being a disruptor in that moment as a fourth grader you know what i'd like you to do teach the kids Teach the kids. How about role play? You be a teacher, and in front of you is a math book, and we do math, or an English book, and we do English. I want you to role play that for a while. Get back to me, and let me know how that's going. But it doesn't happen in school. It does. It does. From from race to to uh, to all of the things. You know the. You should never be talking to any child about sex. 
especially anybody in elementary school. Unless you're a sex ed teacher in like 7th and 8th grade and you're just starting to talk about the birds and the bees or whatever it is. But my goodness me. It's crazy. It's nuts. Nuts. It doesn't happen. It does. And the thought that the Catholic Church did things. The Boy Scouts did things. Athletic institutions, colleges have done things and hit it to think that oh, we could never go on in teaching. You'd be fooling yourself. And I'm not just talking about sex and molesting because I'm just talking about across the board. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. Love hearing from each and every single one of you. Coming up, Friday the 13th is today. Why haven't we seen one of our awesome Jason movies in a while? I'm going to tell you why, and I'm going to tell you who's stopping them. Somebody figured out how to stop. It's the same people that pretty much stop everybody's fun. Healthy Cell is not that people. Healthy Cell is amazing, incredible. Uh, immune super boost. How's my immunity? Right? Oh, yes. My immune system is fantastic. Focus and recall. Delicious. Take it every single day. Helps me with focus and recall. And of course, well, look over there at night, taking my REM sleep, sleeping like a baby. What is it? Imagine taking pills, right? Your supplements. I'm thinking about supplements. You got to take all of these supplements to get anywhere close to what Healthy Cell delivers with their vitamins, their minerals, all the data, all the research, all the money, time, and effort they put in to get the best gel. Gel? It's ingestible. Suck it up. Comes a little packet. Tear the top off. Away you go. Delicious. And it delivers 165% more than pills. In fact, you have to take the 15 big pills to come anywhere close to getting the absorption, the nutrients, the vitamins, and everything that you're getting with Healthy Cell. Right now, why don't you start your trip to a better, healthier life by going to HealthyCell.com slash Chad. When you do, you get 20% off your first order. HealthyCell.com slash chat. If you're sick and tired of taking vitamins and realizing they're, ah, they don't work, but I've tried them before, try HealthyCell, the ingestible gel that is delicious. HealthyCell.com slash chat. Chad Benson Show. Helen Keller is a Nazi terrorist that is a male. Is that what you're telling me right now? Yeah. Are you thinking of Hitler? Who's Hitler? Vaccines work, but only the Chad Benson Show is 100% effective against stupidity. Do you know what D-Day is? D-Day. A person? A rapper? God, Karen, you are so stupid. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and wherever you find your favorite woke-free podcasts. This is the Chad Benson Show. You hear it? Even if you're not seeing a lot of the movies, you understand. He might be close by. And on these nights, he haunts. And he hunts. Jason. So why haven't we seen a Jason film, Friday the 13th, since 2009? Is it because they finally got him? No. Is it because his mother came back from the grave and 
told him to stop it. No. The Avengers? Mm-mm. Wolverine? No chance. Michael? Mm-mm. Freddy? Never had a chance. No. Lawyers? Ah, there you go. Lawyers. The battle has been on for a while. Opposing sides of the conflict. Producer and director of the original film, Sean Cunningham, who's also represented by a group of investors, and Victor Miller, the film's screenwriter from the first one. They're both fighting over not just Jason, how old he is, and the mask. That's right, the mask. And the battle is getting ugly. It's been tied up in litigation for quite a while. And Sean Cunningham, who was the original director and producer, believes, and by the sounds of it, has the rights to all foreign distribution. Home is different. Nobody really knows. And that's the battle that's going on right now. And it sucks. Because they've got some ideas they've been throwing around. And what really sucks is Stephen King said the greatest movie he's never written is I, Jason. And he would love to take a swipe at it. We'll see what happens. But again, the lawyers seem to be the ones that can stop the deranged hockey mask killing of co-eds. Jason Voorhees. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. That is me. You are you. Happy Friday. Elon Musk said, hey, guys, I'm going to buy Twitter maybe. Hold on a second. Some questions. What's happening here with Twitter? Not saying I'm not going to do it. I got some questions. Surprising announcement from Elon Musk, the world's richest man, tweeting a Twitter deal temporarily on hold. Pending details supporting calculation that spam fake accounts do indeed represent less than 5% of users. That's what he tweeted out. So this announcement causing Twitter stock to fall by 19% in these pre-market hours. Yeah. So uh, he tweeted a little bit later that, yes, he is uh, still... Pursuing Twitter, still going to, to you know, he wants to buy Twitter, but is absolutely, wants to double check, I think, how 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 much, really? How, how much of these accounts that we see uh, are honestly uh, fake? I, I don't know. I mean, I couldn't tell you. 
remember, the thing about Twitter is, while it doesn't have the reach to the everyday person when it comes to the tweets and the things like that, it has an overreach into what it does in society. It punches, as I like to say, above its weight class. And its influence is undeniable. I still think he's going to buy it. But it's forty-one thirty-one now. What do you offer? $54 a share? Could be gamesmanship. I could see that. I offered you $54 a share. It was at 48 or whatever it was. Now it's dropped. Maybe we need to have a talk again. Or maybe not. I don't know. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter. Tweet us. I found this to be hilarious. Jen Spasaki. The Saki. Uh, talking about average Americans, because, you know, people are struggling with everything. And uh, she is going to make sure that, guys, we get this. You know, I live in a suburban community outside of Washington, D.C., as many people do. When I have conversations with people on the street, it's not about um, where the reconciliation bill is. You know, even in Northern Virginia, it is about... Are we wearing masks or are we not wearing masks? Mm. When are kids' vaccines going to be available? Mm-hmm. Uh, are we, are, is, is, our, is our health really at risk? Are they going to over... What's going to happen with the court? Is really? Is that all they're talking about? I mean, Phil, what's the average house go for in a lot of these places just outside of D.C.? It's awful. They're, they're close to 750 to a million plus. Okay. So the average person is walking around going, guys, when do I get to wear a mask again? I was really... Yeah. You're 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 you don't understand what the average American's going through. Then that's you've been stuck in a world of of DC and Manhattan, you know, and 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 you know, Los Angeles and the coastal areas. You're you, you don't get it. People taking second and third jobs, people going, hey, wages are up. Yeah, they're up five percent, but inflation's up ten percent, nine percent, depending here. Almost 11% in Phoenix. We have the largest jump of inflation in the country. Rents going up. Food through the roof. So if you think people are still walking around talking about, oh, when do I get to get my kid a vaccine? They're not. I mean, USA Today did a poll, was it a couple days ago? It's like, 73, 74% of Americans think this is a manageable, COVID's manageable, and we should get on with our lives. Another, like, 17% or whatever thinks that there's no issue whatsoever. So, yeah, the 10% that you talk to who live in a different world, maybe that's it. But the average American, they're not thinking about those things. They're not. How many of you are waking up today going, oh, God, when do I get to get my kid the shot? Are we masking? Are we not masking? Can I? Can I not? When do the kids come back to home for school for Zoom? No, they're thinking about a lot of different things. In particular, mm, I don't know. We'll call it gas prices. The View. I don't know if you guys are familiar with The View. We'll have more on that in a little bit. But, uh... Joey Behar, you know, they talk about choice, right? Talk about choice, which is a big issue. Absolutely. But as we've discussed over and over again, where right now with everything being what it is and the fear of recession, the CPI, well, in inflation 
didn't grow as much as some people thought. If you look at the CPI and the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, go look and see what the the economists, the people that look at this stuff for real. That's the thing that they're paying attention to. I'm always about the Consumer Price you know, uh, Index, but the confidence. What's the consumer confidence? Because if you're not confident in what's going on, you're not going to spend money because you're not sure if you're going to have money afterwards or if you may lose your job or if your job may slow down, you have to tighten your belts. So those things matter. Go look at those and you're like, well, hold on a second. That doesn't feel like everything's rosy. And they didn't, and they've been using abortion as a wedge issue, mm-hmm. both sides probably, and, it, and it's pathetic. But I really think that Americans are not aware, because they're worried about gas prices, understandably. Mm-hmm. They're worried about inflation, understandably. But the larger issue is that we are losing our rights on a regular basis. Yeah, and I everybody. don't think that Americans get it. I really don't. But I don't think they, they believe they're worried. it. They, they're, they're sympathetic and empathetic to the Ukraine. To the Ukrainians, yes. But are we losing our rights? Of course. We've talked about that for years. The, the, the rights talked about stuff that's happened. And what happens? Oh, you guys are just, uh, you're, you're fear-mongering and you're doing... No. Go look at how many lewd laws go in the book every year. Go look at how many restrictions go in every year. Go look at how many rules and regulations go in every single year. How many times do you hear somebody coming and go, you know what? That thing was stupid. We got rid of it. I mean, weed, for God's sakes. The federal government can't even get their act together for weed. They still have it as a Schedule One drug right up there with heroin. But the states can go, if you want to. And for those of you who are think that states' rights are stupid and the federal government should be handling this and they should take it away from the states. If that was true and you also like smoking weed, then weed would have to go too unless they figured something out. Oh, I don't want that. No. No. Who does, right? I mean, I don't smoke. I don't care what you do. I don't. As long as you're not hurting somebody, I don't care. If you're a grown-ass adult and you want to do something, I don't care as long as you don't hurt somebody. What if I hurt myself? Well, then you've made a choice. (laughs) Oh, Chad, you're so cynical. No. I'm just being honest. I don't think this thing's going to go the way they think it's going to go, no matter how angry people are. And what do you want Alito to know? I want Alito to know, keep out of my vagina. (laughs) That's what I want him to know. Keep his religion out of my vagina. I make a decision for my own vagina, not him. <laughs> What's that all day? Stay out of my vagina. <laughs> okay, sir. Anthony sends me the most disturbing text. Did you get it too, Phil, the, uh, the Calvin Klein ad? Did you get that too? I think so. Calvin Klein has a new ad. Uh, the best way to describe this is disturbing. And it is a man who is pregnant because, yeah, (laughs) 
So when I hear all of these, wait a minute here, men can't have babies, that is obviously not true. Oh, Chad. 323 538 at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. So funny how many people who couldn't tell you what a woman was because they weren't biologists immediately found their biology degree when the Roe v. Wade leak happened. Oh, found it's over here. I know what it is now. <laughs> couldn't answer it earlier, but I have it. Oh, my goodness. My pillow right now has amazing deals for you. Deals galore and so much more because it's the burger extravaganza. Ganza, ganza. So what do you get in the BOGO extravaganza? You get two-for-one pricing. Oh, tell me more, Chad. I'm interested. Products are amazing. You're going to get uh, just, I mean, we've got bed sheets, low as $59.98. Elegance, my pillows, low as $49.98. Six-piece towel set, rolling gold anywhere, tellers, uh, towels, uh, pillows and towels and the Geese Dream Sheets and uh, you name it, they've got it. It's just the tip of the iceberg. The rolling gold anywhere pillow is amazing. So if you're going somewhere, Take a little bit of a nap, right? You're on a long flight. Awesome. You like traveling with a pillow, but you hate taking a big pillow, but you want something that works. This is the one for you. You get a 10-year warranty, 6-day money-back guarantee. It is the buy one, get one extravaganza at MyPillow.com slash Benson. Bed sheets, MyPillows, those are just the tip of the iceberg. Full list of BOGO offers. Check them out. MyPillow.com slash Benson. Call 800-983-4975. Stock up with buy one, get one free savings today. Plus, you can get Mike's book free with any purchase. MyPillow.com slash Benson. Call 800-983-4975. Chad Benson Show. Welcome to Chad. No, not the country. The institution. The Chad Benson Show. That's me. We were talking earlier about Netflix. Got a new uh, culture memo coming out. You know, like a work culture memo. It's pretty funny. Talks about, hey, uh, we we support the artist and uh, we won't censor artists. And we're having diverse you know, movies and television shows that we produce here, and not everybody's going to like it. And if you feel uncomfortable with it, kick sand. <laughs> I think that's a paraphrase. That'd be that would be the one I would put out. <laughs> Hit the road, kids. It'd just be a one page. I'm like, I don't think it's legally binding. <laughs> it's just a full run on sentence. It is. I'm pissed. That's what happens though in the wokeness world. And like I said, and if you miss any of it, check out the podcast, but it was as spot on as it gets as far as who they're looking at when they're saying this. And I just think about my days as a kid. What a pain in the ass I was for teachers and my family. Uh, but when it's like when you're, you know, right, you're talking to a group of kids. And you know there's a ringleader. And while they're trying to include everybody in the discussion about don't do this again or else, they're really looking at one person. <laughs> it was usually me. Sorry. Jeez. Can't believe it. LeBron James. 
who at times is unsufferable. I get it. Highest paid athlete. You know, we talked about Friday the 13th. Today's Friday the 13th. You know, 13 is an unlucky number. And we, 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 we discussed that on numerous occasions. But he is, uh, as we were talking about Friday the 13th, the movie, he's one of the ones battling for the rights because he wants to do some sequels to it. It's kind of interesting. He made $126.9 million. Now, last year, he was fifth. Fifth. And here's the difference between LeBron James, because you've got some NFL players on here, right? The first NFL player that shows up is Matthew Stafford. Well, he made $73 million last year. Last year, the year before that, he was 92nd on the list. And the reason is because when NFL players sign contracts, the bulk, the vast majority of their money comes up front. You know what Tom Brady made last year? He made $58 million, but only $18 million was salary. He's going to make double that. As a analyst, double that. That's crazy. Rest of the top ten: Lionel Messi made 122 million. Cristiano Ronaldo made 115 million. Neymar made 103 million. Canelo Alvarez made 89 million. Canelo, who lost this last weekend, right? So here's the great Mexican boxer, Canelo. He bit off more than he can chew. He went way too high in the weight class. He just his body wasn't built for it. And he got beat by a Russian guy. I think his name is Bavoli. Dmitry Bavoli. <laughs> they don't know how to pay him. <laughs> They're having trouble paying him because of what's going on in Russia, banks, the whole nine yards. So he doesn't know. They, they just don't know what to do. Steph Curry made a paltry $86 million. Kevin Durant, 85 Roger Federer, 85 James Harden, 76 And Tiger made a paltry $73 million last year which is pretty good. First woman, Naomi Osaki, she won $1.2 million in earnings from the actual game of tennis, but she had $52 million in endorsements. But here's the wacky one of all of these things. And I was looking through it. I'm like, okay, you know, there's lots of soccer players. Uh, there's this person. There's that person. Then you get, you know, you start going, who's that guy? Who's this guy? Who's this guy? And then you roll down here and you think, is that Jake Paul, the YouTuber? 45th on the list with $37 million in earnings. It's $7 million in endorsements, but $30 million from his boxing matches. That guy's a promoter. I don't care what anybody says. That guy can promote the hell out of things. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter, your Instagram, all of those things. Uh, it's getting ugly and ugly and ugly in Ukraine. Mike Lyons is going to join us. One of the things I want to talk about is what is happening with Finland. Putin invaded Ukraine with the idea of creating this strategic buffer between NATO and Russia. Just alone, the Finnish border with Russia will double the amount of NATO border with Russia. So on one hand, you would have thought that Putin would have understood that as soon as he crossed into Ukraine, Finland and Sweden would move towards joining NATO. Or on the other hand, perhaps this is just another of the many strategic miscalculations Mr. Putin has made. Yeah, so Finland wants to join ASAP. Do not hesitate do not delay we can ask mike about that a lot of other things including is putin really sick because he looks a hot mess and if he's not man is he committed to the part he joins us straight ahead chad benson show
Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. He is our go-to guy, CNN's go-to guy as well. Mike Lyons, military analyst, uh, retired Army major, guy who's been in in the theater of of war. And and, and I saw you the other day, Mike. You got your own board at CNN. They let you do the touchscreen. Yeah, they sure did. Uh, trying try to get adjusted to it. But, you know, if, if you could point, you can work that, that screen. They call it the magic wall. So I'm doing uh, trying to do what I can. I try to get some maps prepositioned so we can talk about how uh, Ukraine is still blowing up a lot of stuff over there. They are blowing up a lot of stuff. But Putin, his goal was to keep the West further away from him. And now it looks like NATO is going to uh, uh, and Finland are going to be joining together in holy matrimony at least uh for now because you never know what's going to happen in the future but a, a notoriously you know neutral country feels like they've been pushed uh and threatened that it's happened the opposite effect to to countries is they're getting closer to nato yeah i think vladimir putin very much miscalculated thought nato was not getting involved with this at all and I was always one that said we shouldn't have put some of those countries into NATO from the beginning, right? So, so, so we can blame this, what's happening in Ukraine right now, obviously 100% on Vladimir Putin, but it's really a result of 30 years of failed foreign policy throughout the world as um, these European countries, frankly, some of them just didn't deserve to be put in NATO. Well, we, we put them in and, and it got down to everybody in NATO except Russia. Well, that creates its own security problems. We have to look at what Russia views as that. But now this is different. The world's changed since February 24th. And where I had thought that was the way before, I think the way forward is to put Finland and put Sweden into NATO. And I'll tell you why. First of all, they're both additive, right? They both come to the table uh, with no border disputes. They're already in the EU. Both are stable democracies. Um, Both are NATO partners already. They train with NATO forces as is. They, They have been neutral since 95 um, but they, the other thing is, even though they're countries with small populations, Sweden with about 10 million, Finland with about 5 million, highly capable militaries, defense systems, uh, good. They have NATO defense platforms already inside, um, and then they already operate inside with NATO equipment. So it makes a lot of sense. It's just going to make them really Article 5 ready. It's, we're not going to move troops there. We're not going to put missiles there or anything like that. It's just really all about defending those countries should they get invaded. Now, now again, Finland's already beat Russia once in a war, in 19 war, in 1941, the Winter War. Um, but uh, as you know, three months ago, I would have been against this, but today I'm all for it. Talking to Mike Lyons, a military analyst, uh, as we discuss what's going on in there. So, uh, in in the cra- the craziness and chaos, we forget the geopolitical stuff that that's happening sometimes because we focus on the fighting, but. This uh, this whole, you know, like Putin, you know, the other day, everybody's like, he does look sick. I'm sorry. Look, that whole Mayday thing. He looked like a different human being from several months ago. And everybody's like, is he trying to fool us? I'm like, if he's trying to fool us, he is fully committed to the part. He has gone thespian actor. He has thrown himself completely into it. This guy is living the part because he doesn't look well. Yeah, he just has not seen any kind of success. Ukraine. He's had to draw troops from Kiev. You reports this morning now they're coming out of Kharkiv, second largest city in, in Ukraine, um, not able to take it. Ukraine military pushed them outside of artillery range, inoculated the city. 
And now the Russians have decided that they're tired of losing men there. So they're going to reposition them along um, a different axis of approach. But, the, you know, that's how this also ends as well. And that is that uh, there's an implosion inside of Russia and uh, he gets taken care of. The question is, what's what's behind him? You know, these dictatorships that, that, that don't always mean that we have regime change. You're going to get what you want behind it as well. Um, you know, the, the, we're seeing that the Russia didn't put in any money in their military in the past 30 years. Well, I know they put money in their nuclear weapons, so they have that capability and we have to always, you know, kind of be on watch for it. Speaking of what's behind him, we don't know what's behind him. We don't know who would take over. I mean, obviously, you get to a point where people start jockeying for positions and the people that thought they were in line. Sometimes we find out they're not. And the people that we never really heard of that are, you know, like 12th down is somebody who rises to the top. Should we be worried or hopeful about any of these people? Do we know anything about them? Not really. Um, the oligarchs are all kind of outside the, the realm of influence. They, most of them are not even in Russia right now. Um, for, for Russia to be fixed, it's going to take some internal, maybe, maybe Navalny, you know, the guy that's in jail that's been poisoned. Um, it's going to take a, maybe an opposition leader. You know, like I guess the best analogy would be, um, you know, what, what happened in um, in South Africa, with, you know, uh, with uh, Mandela or something like that. But but again, hard to pick this out. It's none of those oligarchs. They're all billionaires, and it, this is all kind of one big payoff. So I, I think it's got to come from within. It's got to come from the ashes, and someone that's going to want to do real reform. Gorbachev tried to do it. Um, he was elected out, and, and you know, back back in the day, back in the '90s. Uh, you know, he was basically defeated in, at, the, at the polls by, you know, Boris Yeltsin, who was fundamentally a Trump figure back then. I mean, it's, he was kind of, you know, Russia first and he was trying to do that, but he was corrupt as the rest of them. Uh, let's see if they can you know, pull something off this time if, uh, if, if, if uh, Vladimir Putin is actually out. Talking to uh, Michael Lyons, military analyst, uh, as we discuss what's going on. Let's actually get now to Ukraine, Russia, what's happening there. I look over there. And it is it feels like now this is the long slog, right? This is that mm -hmm. that point where they're 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 strategizing, they're bombing. This is that those middle rounds. We're not at the championship rounds yet. And 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 it it just feels like they're on kind of both sides are on pause. They're they're doing some stuff. But it doesn't feel like it's it's exploding like it was at the beginning and, and through parts of the last several weeks. Right. And Russia will continue to take make small advances or winning small battles in certain towns. But I still think Ukraine ends up winning here in the long run. There's a story that came out the other day about this pontoon bridge. A pontoon bridge is a floatable bridge built by engineers quickly to allow troops to pass over in the Donetsk River and to the north there. And this is how, again, dumb the Russians are fighting right now. So they build this pontoon bridge uh, across the river. It takes them a couple hours to do that. Don't fire artillery to the other side. Don't try to mask it, conceal it. The, 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 conceal it. the Ukraine satellites and drones are watching this bridge go up. They watch the bridge go up. They watch the Russians bring across a, a battalion or so, a battalion and a half of vehicles, about 50, 60 vehicles. They come across, but and they get to the other side. And again, still don't fire artillery and they don't disperse. They all kind of bunch up. There's this thing about the military, you know, don't bunch up on the objective. They all bunch up there. As soon as the last vehicle comes over, the Ukraine military sees this, drops the pontoon bridges and now has a shooting factory and destroys the battalion once it's on the other side of the river because they were so dumb and didn't disperse. And, and these stories keep going on and on about why Russia is losing equipment and why, again, Ukraine is going to continue to use 21st century technology to defeat World War II technology.
So speaking of that, $40 billion, uh, what are we getting for our money? What are they getting for our money? Uh, obviously, we're getting the fact that we don't have to fight them, and they're weakening them on uh, the military side. What are they mm-hmm. getting for the $40 billion that is going to – are they getting some new stuff that we haven't even heard about yet? No. I, first of all, we've got to still be careful that they still could lose this, and we don't want you know Patriot missiles, and we don't want things winding up in Russian hands. And, and Russia still has a tremendous numerical superiority in this whole thing, and is to continue to throw bodies at it. Um, but the $40 billion is really more or less a bank account. Uh, $20 billion goes to equipment. There's some for humanitarian aid. There's a bunch of other things that are in there. But it's more or less a bank account. They, they couldn't spend it all. They couldn't shoot it all in, in a year or so. It's a, you know, the, the, the normal Ukraine military budget is about $5 billion. Russia's annual budget is $61 billion. So the, 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 again, the, this is more or less a signal to Russia that says we're, we're going to take the Ukraine back for many years and years to come, and we're going to continue to support that. So I really think that's what that message is. Um, you know, sure, some of that money is going to get to Lockheed and it's going to get to the industrial military complex to so buy stock now because they're going to be making uh, vehicles and equipment and the like and sending it over there. So I, I think, you know, th- there will be a short term impact to that. But this is really just telling Ukraine we're near for the long run. And, um, you know, we're not spending 40 billion dollars within the, the calendar year, let's say. Uh, talking to my clients, military analysts, and and yeah, that's I mean, it's a ton of money we're throwing at it. People are like, I can't believe it. I'm like, I can. Again, first of all, military complex is getting rich. We all know that they love right. to make themselves right. some money. Secondly, right. and I think we forget this is this is a country that a we had promised that we're kind of going to protect should something happen, and b again we don't have to do it it's over there right now but the fear always out there because this week there was some you know in writing because they've been showing their shows you saw that i'm sure on their you know their channel one where they're Mm -hmm. you know blowing up parts of europe with nuclear weapons and they Mm -hmm. said this week if if look nobody wants to use nuclear weapons wink wink nudge nudge is what they say right like we would never Mm -hmm. do that but if we feel we're threatened even with conventional weapons we would strike with nuclear weapons i mean they're they're the desperation there is insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and, and um, you know that gets to a level. I'm not sure where it goes from there. If if they do fire something, a tactical nuke, they could do that. Destroy. I think Odessa would be their target. Frankly, in, in that, uh, you know, that's kind of that last piece along the Baltics that they control about 75 percent of that Ukraine coastline right now. But they can't take Odessa. They don't have enough sailors or Marines in, in the Black Fleet. They only about 25,000 of them. Uh, you're not going to take a million-person city with that. They would need, you know, a couple hundred thousand. So they, they've kind of overextended their capability there. But a tactical nuke or, or something in that regard, uh, you know, cruise missiles could really destroy and flatten it. Uh, you're, you're seeing unfortunate aspects of the Russian culture. We don't want to necessarily talk about that, but that's what we're, that's what we're seeing here. We're seeing, uh, you know, this is a non-valuing of life and just destroying civilization is what is what they're up against, which is why every day this goes on, it's more of a lesson that uh, Europe has got to divorce itself from Russian fuel. And, and you know, th- this is over tomorrow. You know, Germany and everybody else and, and Finland and, and, and Hungary, Romania still can't buy Russian oil and gas. Why? Because all it's going to do is fund a future Russian war machine, as we're seeing right now, similar, literally similar to what the Nazis, you know, it's a classic example of Vladimir Putin projects onto Ukraine about their hunting Nazis. But when, in fact, the people that are acting like Nazis is Russia. Yeah. Uh, let's look out into this year. Mm-hmm. Your best guess of where this thing's at. In a perfect world, there's some kind of treaty that says the land goes back to Ukraine based on where things were prior to 
the 24th of February. Um, Russia still annexes, keeps Crimea. That might be some hard pill for Ukraine to swallow because they feel that they could probably now take it back. I think the Russian military still, until they mobilize and just put more people there, they're, they're in the risk of losing their army if they don't move it off the field. Um, so, um, but if you, if you project that forward, you know, you've got the classic Middle Eastern um, kind of solution of trading off land for peace. And we know that that doesn't work in the long run. At some point, uh, the, the person that wants the land still wants to come back and do something about it. Uh, and if that's the case, the sanctions have got to remain on Russia. So uh, that would stop the bombing. It would stop things. You know, it would stop the cruise missiles from hitting Kiev. It would stop the, the, the attacks in, in the east. Uh, and that, that's probably a good thing from a humanitarian perspective, whether that's the long term solution. We just don't know. Uh, I've got about a minute left. Uh, China. They're looking at Taiwan, and we've heard they're making rumblings and certain things like that. Xi, I think, is under a lot more pressure than people realize. But Taiwan is in a much better military position. They've been planning for this than than what we see that's going on in, in Ukraine. Yeah. Is that giving China second thoughts about, man, those guys are in a way better position than we are, uh, yeah. than they were over there? And look at what they're doing to that large army. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, we talked about trying to swallow key would be like eating a porcupine. Well, trying to swallow Taiwan for China would be like eating a rhinoceros porcupine. I mean, it's it just not something or hippopotamus porcupine. You know, p- pick your large prickly animal. There's, you know, coming from the sea, no element of surprise from, again, from a straight military perspective. Military is used to accomplish foreign policy objectives, right? From a straight military perspective, I just don't see how they do it. Um, you know, they don't have the manpower. We'd see it coming from a mile away. And then you'd have to attack three times because their defenses are better. It would be, an, and then again, the Chinese want to talk tough about being in the military and want to put a big military up, but until the bullets start flying, you don't know how they're going to act. So again, um, good luck, China. I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening this decade at this point, given what's happening in, in Ukraine. Always good to have you on, brother. Mike Lyons, military analyst, former retired, uh, former army major and just retired and enjoying life, going on CNN and traveling all over. Good to have you, brother. Thanks. Thanks, Chad. Thanks for having me. It's a privilege. Thanks. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. Talk about that. A lot of other stuff still coming up. Calibrate, losing weight. Super great with Calibrate. You guys know I do tons of voiceovers. A lot of stuff that you guys will never hear is I do a bunch of, like, medical studies where, you know, you just go into colleges, ask, hey, Chad, could you read this and do these things? And I say, yeah. But doing a bunch of weight loss studies and stuff. And I'll tell you, Calibrate is so much further ahead of the game. Because they're trying to get to, you know, to the to the crux of it. And as they look at stuff, so much of it is about your genes, your metabolism, and what your cells do. And that's what Calibrate does. With their FDA-approved medication, they're going to reset your metabolism. You're going to get one-on-one video coaching, right? You're going to get a video doctor visit. They're going to make sure that everything's going well. On top of that, you're going to get in-app coaching. You're going to have all kinds of stuff that you're going to be able to work with. And they're going to show you how to make lifestyle changes that are real, supportable, and long-term. Average weight loss of Calibrate members, the earliest members, like 20% of their body. 20%. What? Easy to fit in anybody's lifestyle. Absolutely the best thing you'll ever do for your body and your health. Save now $50 on a one-year metabolic reset. Go to joincalibrate.com. Use code CHAD. Joincalibrate.com. Code CHAD. Joincalibrate.com. Code CHAD. Running with scissors sounds great compared to this. Say woo! 
in The Time Traveler's Wife. Any hobbies? I'm your future wife. Theo James plays the time traveler, Rose Leslie, his wife. And with any good time traveler story, there are rules. He has no control over when or where. Or for how long. And although Henry goes back and forth to different moments in his life. For Henry, things happen to him once. And they don't always agree on every rule because time travel is complicated. He can only travel within his lifespan. Pretty much, right? Pretty much, pretty much. No, no. No, uh, okay. it's occasionally sometimes. It's a Rule, like, no, it's not a rule. It's not. The Time Traveler's Wife debuts Sunday night on HBO. And not a lot going on uh, this weekend, right? People still staying out of the way of uh, of uh, Doctor Strange. Our next big releases are going to come. You've got Men and Downton Abbey next weekend. Is that really a big one? I don't, I don't know. It's twenty seventh of May. People are going to be getting out of the way on the 27th of May because Top Gun's going to get here, baby. I read a review yesterday. Take it for what it is. Actually, two reviews that said it's the best thing that Tom Cruise has ever done. And if there is, quote, unquote, been sequels that you can look at and say that this may top them all now. I liked Top Gun. I didn't love Top Gun. So we shall see how good it is. But there's no doubt that that weekend it is going to lay waste because it's kind of the unofficial official start of summer slash movie season. So that'll be big. But right now there's just nothing going on. Nothing going on. 323538. 2423 at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Always good to hear from you kids and kittens, even if you send hilarious tweets like that guy sent earlier to me today talking about white a-holes who make money. Because, because, yeah, (laughs) that's what happens, right? Isn't that hilarious? That's the funny thing. What What does skin color have to do with it? Everything, always. It's the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show.